Is religion harmful? How does faith-based ideology, say of Christianity, affect developing brains? And if it is harmful, does that harm follow people throughout their life, or can they grow out of it? As someone originally from the Bible Belt USA, I've interacted with people from religious upbringings through most of my life, and indeed I was one myself. I eschewed religion when I was about 18. I noticed that few of my peers did the same, and I noticed that even the ones that did, many of them seemed to retain the kind of mental watermarks of religious thinking, namely faith. I've come to see faith as being one of the most damaging influences on independent thought in the world. Faith in the notion of needing to be politically correct, but I'll save that for another video. I've come to believe that religion is not just a harmless waste of time, but is actively damaging, and that is especially harmful to developing brains, or the brains of children. Faith like a child, says the Bible. That kind of dismissal of the value of evidence for forming conclusions is what I find so harmful. In my life, I have, anecdotally, drawn three major conclusions from my experiences. One, I suggest that religiosity is correlated with dogmatic thinking patterns. I argue that skepticism does not come easily to people who are very religious. Two, I suggest that this effect is largely because of upbringing, that they were in a sense brainwashed. And three, I argue that people in general cannot really grow out of it. I argue that people are permanently damaged by this religious type of brainwashing and it cannot usually, they cannot usually develop a, a kind of skeptical mind. I studied the research to address these points and that is what I wanna share with you today. I was surprised by some of my findings. So in part, my conclusions were supported, but others were not, and I was forced to revise my mental model. I wanna share this with you because I hope that some of you will find it interesting as well, and maybe you've wondered the same thing, or maybe you know more about this than I do. In any case, I welcome your feedback in the comments section after you watch this video. Um, a quick disclaimer before I move on, though. When I say religion, I'm namely referring to Judeo-Christian religions. Those are the ones that I have had the most experience with. Um, I'm not gonna expressly state that every time I say the word religion. Um, it is possible that Eastern religions, for example, may develop individuals with different thinking patterns. Well, with that being said, let's get started. The first article is called Analytic Thinking Promotes Religious Disbelief. And it's actually made up of five different experiments. The goal of the first of those five is to determine whether or not there is a correlation between analytical thinking and religious disbelief. The other four experiments, if such a correlation is found, attempt to establish causality, because of course correlation is not causation. This entire study is designed around the premise that we use two major cognitive styles for processing information and making decisions. Analytic cognitive processing and intuitive processing. Now, we use both systems, all of us do. Balance is vital, and relying on either one too much while excluding the other causes problems. But in general, individuals seem to rely on one more than the other. Intuitive cognitive style has been called by some our brain's sort of default. It allows for rapid decision-making, but it's not always thorough or impartial in how data and information is processed. It is heuristic by nature and uses mental shortcuts such as rule of thumb or profiling to come to a quick answer. If someone says, listen to your gut, they are encouraging intuitive processing. Analytical processing, on the other hand, addresses problems systematically 
it's stepwise and it's a logical approach and it takes into account all the information that's available and it comes to a logical utilitarian kind of decision. However, it does have the downside of taking longer and requiring more processing. Individuals who rely too heavily on analytical thinking to, to the exclusion of their intuition can at times be paralyzed by indecision from excess information. You may be familiar with these concepts if you've ever taken the Myers-Briggs personality assessment. By no means am I endorsing the validity of Myers-Briggs. It's just that that's a common example of something that attempts to use these concepts. This duality theory of brain processing is well supported in the literature. We seem to have different brain machinery responsible for these different types of processing. So the logical processing takes place in one part of the brain and intuitive processing takes place in another. So these are just a few studies that we, uh, I found that supported them. So let's look at the first of the five experiments in this study. And this is the correlation study where we're looking for a correlation between analytical thinking and religious disbelief. To be able to do that, we need to measure those two things. To measure analytical thinking, researchers used a series of word problems. These were chosen because they require participants to analytically override an initial intuition. So basically on first reading, the, an intuitive reading of this will provide a quick and easy yet incorrect response that needs to be analytically overridden. What I invite you to do is before I show the answers, pause the video and work them for yourself, just because I think they're kind of fun. So if you want to do that, now's the time to do that. Okay, right done? All right, let's show the answers. So if you take a moment to look at the intuitive answers and then the analytical answers, I think most of us can see how people could come to the intuitive answers. Um, for the most part, it's kind of a pattern, I think, that the brain's picking up on. So for example, in problem number two, if it takes five minutes to, for five machines to make five widgets, it takes 100 machines, 100 minutes to make 100 widgets. It's easy for the brain to conclude 100, 100, 100. Um, but of course, that doesn't take into account that there is the same ratio of machines to widgets being made. It looks like a machine is making a widget every five minutes. So since you have 100 machines, 100 machines could make 100 widgets in five minutes. And in the third problem, for example, with the lily pads and everything, well, people want to divide that 48 by, by two and say that it takes 24 days. Um, but that doesn't take into account the fact that the growth year is exponential. So that means that the day before day 48, on day 47, it was half as big as it was on, on the last day. So basically, people scored higher in analytical thinking if they answered more of those questions correctly. And after this, then they had to measure religiosity. And they did that using a questionnaire. So you can see that here. And um, I think these are widely used. I have seen other studies that use this as well. Their results supported their hypothesis. Analytical thinking was found to be significantly negatively associated with all three of their measures of religious belief. And uh, this aligns with my observations as well. This is one thing that inspired me to make this video and to do this research was observing this correlation in my everyday world. So um, this aligns with what I expected as well. Now, this, um, this study was actually supported by a previous uh, previous study. Previous study did the same experiment, came to these same results. I'm going to show you that here. This Harvard paper here appears to be where the other paper got a lot of its procedures from because we see the same the same way of measuring analytical thinking and such here. Um, so a lot of really interesting correlations were found in this paper. 
They measure degree of analytical thinking by using what they call the CRT test or the cognitive reflection test. And this is actually the same kind of test that we saw in the other article with the same questions. Here in figure A and figure B, we see some of these results. And uh, figure A, we're showing that as uh, participants, as they gave more intuitive answers, they were also more likely to agree with the statement that they had had a religious experience that convinced them of God's existence throughout their life. In fact, participants who provided all intuitive responses were 1.5 times as likely to report this as those who provided none. In figure B, we're looking at something different. We're looking at the how individuals changed their religious views since childhood. And... Um, this was really interesting as well. What we saw is that in general, more intuitive participants became more confident believers and more reflective participants tended to become more confident atheists. And in addition to that, two other interesting results came out of this cognitive intuition paper. Um, I think very interesting because in a sense, they conflicted with my expectations and they forced me to revise my mental model. Namely, that CRT scores were not significantly correlated with reported familial religiosity during childhood. So, to bring you back to my original observations from the beginning of this video, being brought up religious does not necessarily damage your capabilities for analytical thinking. Our cognitive patterns maybe are not mostly determined by our upbringing. Instead, perhaps our cognitive style is determined more by nature than by nurture and childhood religious influence does not necessarily bar us from developing skeptical thinking skills, at least to the effect that we see it here in the Western world. So one last thing that came out of this study that I thought was really cool was that they took into account IQ. So in the cognitive intuition study, they also controlled for IQ, and when doing that, they found that the relationship between analytical thinking and religious disbelief still held. So basically, it's not just IQ that determines our religiosity. All right, so people who are religious do tend to use more intuitive cognitive styles rather than analytical ones. These two studies show that correlation, but correlation is not causation. And that brings us to the other half of the analytical thinking promotes religious disbelief study where empirical evidence for causality is provided. So next followed a series of smaller experiments in which the researchers attempt to invoke analytical thinking and look at the effects on religious disbelief. They had three different ways of trying to encourage the brain to kind of switch into analytical mode. The most overt method was what they used in study two. So to be honest, when it comes to study two, I thought it was a little hokey at first when I first read it. Um, so what they did is they had subjects look at one of two pieces of artwork. And you see those artworks here. You see the thinker on the left and then a guy throwing a disc or something on the right. And um, then they had them rate their religious disbelief. They did see significant differences between the groups, but sample sizes for the study, and for some of the later ones, were rather small. Studies three and four, they did a kind of word puzzle to get people thinking analytically. Um, study three, they, it was like the first time they did it, and then study four, they scaled it up quite a bit. Um, so, so this procedure was done with, with a good bit more people than the last one. Um, so here, what they did is they would give people a, a series of words, um, and uh, they would have to puzzle out the sentence, and they would also have to figure out which word to omit in order to puzzle out the sentence. It would force them to analyze, ponder the text. The control group was given words as well, but unrelated words. And yeah, we see some of those results. And as hypothesized, being primed to think analytically significantly increased subjects' religious disbelief. But they did something else really interesting here as well. 
They acquired pre-experiment religious belief data from weeks before the experiment took place so that they could test whether being very religious going into the experiment moderated any effects of the analytical thinking priming techniques they used. And it didn't. So basically, and maybe I'm taking this result and just running with it, but people, even very religious people, could still change. When I went into this, I felt certain that religious programming caused permanent damage to people's analytical thinking ability, but this suggests that maybe that's not the case. And that brings us to the last one. So study five was one that when I first read it, it seemed really outrageous in its methods. It had a strange way of encouraging us to think analytically. Um, and it forced me to search for the term cognitive disfluency. So cognitive disfluency is basically the notion that if something is kind of hard to read, maybe by being in an unfamiliar format, for example, um, that it will encourage a deeper kind of learning. Uh, researching this kind of led me down an interesting internet rabbit hole because um, I have always assumed that information that is extremely accessible is best for learning. I have a history of teaching and so I've kind of always taken this approach. But studies have shown that this is not actually always the case. Maybe in fact difficult reading material encourages deeper learning while more accessible forms encourage more shallow type of learning. And what did they do to cause this cognitive disfluency effect here? Well, they just made the font harder to read. You see here in this picture the two examples of the font size they used. And the results, well, they saw the same sort of thing that they've seen in the previous two experiments, that priming people to think analytically encourages more religious disbelief. So with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap this up. In conclusion, of the three points that I made at the beginning of this video, only one was supported by the studies that I found. And that was that being religious tends to be negatively correlated with analytical thinking patterns. The other two weren't supported per se. And those were the suggestions that A, religiosity is mostly due to upbringing, and B, that people's ability to think skeptically is permanently damaged as a result of religious ideology. So these don't seem to be the case generally. Perhaps the observation that religious people tend to be dogmatic and to use more intuitive cognitive styles is maybe more because of genetic predisposition, nature in general, than it is a matter of upbringing and nurture. Perhaps the degree to which we are religious and dogmatic is highly predetermined, at least to the extent that we see it here in the Western world. If we were to take these ideas and conclusions and apply it to religious extremism in, say, the Middle East, I, I think it would be absurd to suggest that those religious extremist individuals were not greatly influenced by their upbringing. But even so, those individuals that assimilate that kind of religious propaganda completely are possibly likely those that have a predisposition toward intuitive rather than analytical cognitive styles. And with that, I'm going to wrap this up. This video shouldn't be seen as an exhaustive study of this literature. Um, I started this channel to ignite meaningful discussions, so feel free to leave a comment below. I encourage you to share and like this video. My channel is new, so this helps me out a lot. And finally, to see my upcoming content, hit the subscribe button.